Touchdown! Hey everyone, I'm Scott Hansen from NFL Red Zone. I'm CNN's Coy Wire and former NFL player. Hi, I'm Nat Coombs. I'm Michael McGuire from Gridiron. I'm Toast Sports' Will Gavin. If you want to see the best in the NFL, check out Decipher Sport. Check out Decipher Sports. Check out Decipher Sport. Check out Decipher Sport. Check out Decipher Sport. I'm Neil Reynolds, and this is the Decipher Handoff. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the second episode of the Decipher Handoff podcast. We're putting you, the fans, in the UK, Germany, and across Europe, center stage every month. I'll be speaking to a big name from either side of the pond, uh, players and coaches, executives, members of the media, and with Super Bowl 57 just around the corner with the Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs. We had to go big. We had to go bigger than big. We had to go gigantic. So he doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to give him one anyway. Mr. Red Zone, the one and only, the great Scott Hansen. Scott, how are you, my friend? Neil Reynolds, as I live and breathe, good to be back on the air with you, sir, albeit in two different parts of the world here, but good to see you again. Good to hear you. Good to be with you. Yeah, it's it's going to be fantastic to catch up because it's over the next 30 minutes, we're going to look back on a wild regular season playoff series. Uh, The Tom Brady news, of course, has broken. We'll talk about the international games in 2023. Scott's going to hand out some awards and picks. And we will look ahead to, yeah, good luck with that. And we'll look ahead to Super Bowl 57. Scott, I just want to say, of course, we kind of take care of everything on Sunday nights in the UK. Two channels on Sky Sports. you got your pick. You go red zone from wall to wall, or you can have a live game with all the regular kind of ins and outs of the live game, that, which is what I kind of do. And hasn't it just been the most remarkable season? I don't want to say ever, do I? I do want to say ever. I think I do. It feels, you know... Every year, it feels like the twists and turns, the drama, the unpredictability, it feels like we've never seen anything like this before. But it's the NFL. It delivers every time. On on NFL Red Zone, when we get into the fourth quarter of the early window games, I always announce it's the witching hour. When wins become losses and losses become wins. And when I say that, Sometimes I'm looking at the scoreboard and there could be eight games going on and all of them could be like 14 point margins, right? So no no game seems to be close at that time. And I'm like, sit back and watch. And then sure enough, we get some game that comes down to the last second. and And I'm always like, the witching hour always delivers. And I think you could say that about an NFL season. An NFL season You think you know what's going to happen, but you don't know what's going to happen. But you guarantee that something wild and unpredictable is going to happen. And you know what? Here we are after the 2022 season. I think it it delivered again. It did. Every week I kind of I come on the air and I'm like, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but this has been amazing. You know, every by the end of every Sunday night, you're like, well, that was sensational. And Scott, I actually got to enjoy this is a different one for me, but I actually got to enjoy the red zone experience uh, for one Sunday this year. So I did the, uh, I did the Bucks and Seahawks game in Munich okay. in the afternoon. It was an afternoon, early, early sure. evening game. And then we couldn't stay in the stadium for Sky Sports. So I handed back to a different presenter who did the rest of the night. And then there was a big swanky NFL party uh, after the Germany game. I had a choice of going to that or going to my hotel room and watching Red Zone. Which one do you think I chose? Well, now, wait a minute. I I, I, I hope the end of the story is you went and watched Red Zone in your hotel Absolutely. room. But, but I'm a little bit, I don't know if offended is the word, 
that the NFL swanky party would not have included in the invitation that there will be big screens with NFL red zone on for it those did. who care. It did. It did have it, but you didn't know I until like after. to concentrate. No, I like to concentrate. Oh, I like to concentrate. Bad. And you know how I was rewarded? With How's Josh up? Allen fumbling at his one yard line against oh, the Minnesota Vikings, the Justin Jefferson catch. So, yes, I was rewarded. 100%. What that was probably still the game of the year and certainly the most jaw dropping game of the year with how many times Minnesota could have lost that game, how many times the Buffalo Bills could have won the game and then lost the game and the way in which it happened. Insane. Insane. And a lot of people think the Justin Jefferson catch was the single greatest play of the year. I could put that right up there. Absolutely. Let's talk about yeah. Tom Brady then. Uh, let's get to some of the news that's going on and none bigger than Tom Brady uh, retiring for good uh, are his words. And he said he didn't want and didn't deserve and couldn't have the flowery exit that he had last time. Um, I think we should give him one anyway. 23 seasons, seven Super Bowls. What do you think? <clears throat> the greatest quarterback of all time. It's not not even questionable. I would say the greatest football player of all time. And I don't think that's really debatable because by any metric, what, 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 how do you want to judge a football player either by personal stats and accolades? He's got everything or by winning, which is the name of the game. And he's the ultimate winner. He's the ultimate winner in American team sports. And I realize that there are some, there are some, football players, European football players that you could probably stack up against him. I think people would, you know, make a claim for other team sport players, whether it's Messi's career or now the late great Pelé, mm -hmm. like what, who is the greatest team sports player of all time. But in the United States, it's, I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's a question. I mean, Michael Jordan, of course you could, you could put up against there, but case closed, it's he, he's the best. And I'm thankful that that my career coincided with his unprecedented and singular run as a champion in our biggest sport. Yeah. I, I And I said that today. I was asked very many times on different interviews, you know, what was it like to cover Tom Brady? And I saw him win four Super Bowls where I was there inside the stadium. I saw him lose two and he might have been the best player on the field. Certainly one of them in the loss to Philadelphia, one of the losses to the Giants. Um, but I saw him win in London. I saw him win in Munich. And the word I used, it was just a privilege. It's just an yeah. absolute privilege to be able to yeah. witness, not just a great player, but to witness something you know is going to stand the test of time. Uh, I agree with that. And, and uh, I'll tell you a little story. I don't have a favorite NFL team. Uh, I get to know some of the guys in the league. And so <laughs> I want them to do well professionally. And Tom Brady has actually come up to me at events when we're at, usually it's like a, a pre-Super Bowl event or something when he's playing in the Super Bowl, and tells me that he watches NFL Red Zone when he's not playing on Sunday. Like, he is a football junkie. He loves it. And, and he says he loves Red Zone, and I'm very honored and flattered by that. But but the, the anecdote that I'd like to say in terms of privilege, what, what you said about how amazing it was to be able to watch and see his greatness – I grew up in, in Detroit, Detroit, Michigan, 
the that that area. Mm. And the basketball team in Detroit are the Detroit Pistons, for, for those who don't know. Now, they were the bad boy Pistons. I'm sure you you probably have heard of them, Neil, <laughs> you know, the, 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 in the day. What dethroned the bad boy Pistons was Michael Jordan, this young kid out of University of North Carolina who came and, and had all this athleticism. And then he started winning. And the, the, the Michael Jordan knocked off my favorite team as a boy, the Detroit Pistons. And so I was bitter and I was angry specifically at Michael Jordan. And when he went on to become the greatest basketball player of all time, by most people's estimation, I, out of my stupid stubbornness, refused to acknowledge his greatness because he had enjoyed the ride. And I spoiled myself. I spoiled a good 10 years of sports fandom when I should have acknowledged his is unquestioned brilliance. And mm -hmm. after that happened, and when Jordan retired and I was like, you know, they did all the videos of his highlights and stuff. I said, you know, I remember those games going on, but I, I, I remember being angry and bitter at all of his 50 point games, 60 point games. And I said, I'm never going to do that to myself for the rest of my life. I'm never going to do that. If there is a great athlete, I don't care what team he plays for. I don't care if it goes against any of my rooting interests. I am going to acknowledge and enjoy the greatness. And of course, Tom Brady was the next great athlete to, and great winner to come on the American sports landscape. And so I said, I'm going to enjoy it. And so he's been, he's been, I don't have a favorite team and I don't even really have favorite players, but, but Tom Brady is just something and someone that, that is, you know, Halley's Comet screaming across the sky. We might not see anything like that again in, in our lifetimes. And so yeah. I'm going to stop and, and admire it. I am. Um, I interviewed him in uh, Foxborough in 2012 in the August in training camp and it was they were coming to play in London later that year and that was in August and then he came in October and I was hosting the big fan event on Trafalgar Square okay. and he walked up to me backstage and went hey Neil how are you doing and I don't care if he was briefed by the PR guy he probably was but I don't care for that split second Tom Brady remembered my name. I was like, that'll do me. I'll tell you what, for people who, you know, you and I know him and have, and have covered him and yeah. interviewed him, read him and been, you know, around. If, if he was here right now with us, now this is a media event, so maybe it'd be mm. different. But if you, him and I were sitting in a pub having a pint somewhere and, a, you know, a stranger and a football fan just walked up, you would think he's a, he's a normal guy for being a galactic megastar. He's about as unaffected in, in his human. He's, he doesn't ever walk around that I've ever seen him as, do you know who I am? Right. Or, you know, bow down because I'm the great one, you know? No, not at all. And and I, I marvel at that, at a guy who has lived about as public a life as you possibly can in, right. in this century. He's lived as public a life that, that I've ever seen, especially not only from his athletic exploits but all his endorsements and then of course his is now uh, ex-marriage it was as high profile a life as you could have and for him to be still have a common touch and a normal guy and just be like hey you know you and me or whatever it, it's 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 pretty cool so he's a guy that i i love athletically but i also might admire his uh, personality and the way he carries himself too as we move into the off-season, once the Super Bowl is done, it's going to be another one of those, a bit like a Sunday. You never know what's going to happen uh, in the NFL. Never say never anymore when you think about all the movement we had last year. Tyreek Hill out of the blue, Devontae Adams. Um, I guess there's one quarterback off the market now in Brady, but 
We're still going to yeah. be all eyes on Aaron Rodgers and Derek Carr, aren't we? For sure. And and then there's other – well, there's there's the quarterbacks who likely or, or might end up on a different team. Derek Carr certainly will. I say might in Aaron Rodgers' case because I actually still think his he'll still end up in Green Bay is my inclination at this time. And I know that there have been rumors and whatnot and reports that they could be exploring a trade, that the New York Jets could be involved. But how about all the other teams that are still quarterback-starved or, or quarterback needy and have an infrastructure that could support a playoff berth or a deep playoff run, or maybe a Super Bowl run if they can get the most important piece on the field, right? Like, I, I don't think Washington is that far off. I don't think Indianapolis is that far off, but the, those are two teams that they got to get a quarterback, right? We, heck, we don't know who's, we don't know who's quarterbacking the Las Vegas Raiders next or year. Or the 49ers now. And the really? 49ers with Brock Purdy's diagnosis medically, what, mm -hmm. what's going to happen at the start of the season there? So it's going to be a buckle your seatbelt for this offseason and, and the quarterback market. And uh, I don't know how much you and, and the program gets into the draft, but we've got probably three college quarterbacks that are going to be first rounders and maybe even top 10 picks. Two that I think will certainly be top 10 picks. Uh, there could be a third that could be a top 10 pick, meaning they could be a week one starter for the franchise. So like the quarterback market in the NFL in the next 200 days or so is going to be wild. See, now that's a proper NFL draft. I was at the draft in Vegas last year and it was great, but there were no quarterbacks in round one. And that's 100%. very unusual. 100%. And that definitely took a little bit of the shine off of it because everybody loves focusing on the quarterbacks when they think, hey, my team that stunk last year just got their franchise quarterback and we can be a contender this upcoming season. There, there's a great feel about that. And, and yeah, with the edge rushers dominating last year's draft, we didn't really have that, that feel. Uh, we like to keep the fans here on the Decipher Handoff podcast very involved and very much in, the, in our thoughts here. And as we look at the fans in the UK, Germany, where I know, Scott, you've toured both those places now. You did a well, first of all, you did an NFL live without me. I can't believe it, but I can't speak German. So I, I, I requested you. They said your private jet had just <laughs> run out of fuel and you it's couldn't true. get there in time. It's all true. It's all true. I was I felt slighted, but uh, yeah, you brought it up, not me. I yeah. Um, but we do have five international games, regular season games uh, next season. Yeah. So back at Wembley Stadium, the Jacksonville Jaguars, continuing with two at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, the designated teams will be the Tennessee Titans, Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Bills Mafia are coming. Uh, and then two games in Germany. Uh, that's going to be Kansas City, are the designated team for one of those, and New England. Opponents still to be determined. Uh, kickoff times, dates, etc., will be around May, with just before the schedule release, I think. Out, um, yeah. But look at this: we got three again, which is now a regular thing. No, no one, no one was surprised when we had three again. It's just become a part of that landscape in the UK. And I was there. You saw the fandom in Germany when you did your live tours. Mm -hmm. To me, the night in Munich was one of the most special nights I've had covering the NFL. Again, I, I kind of. We've joked, we've joked about this before, where we we almost want to write a poem about the NFL. We get so romantic about it. But I got that way in Germany. Just take me home, country road, all the fans yes. singing. They deserve two games already. So three in the UK, two in Germany. What do you think? Well, okay, look at the NFL's 
investment in trying to serve and grow the foreign fan base, bases, basically. Mm. The UK is a staple and the UK, I mean, the next step for the UK to me would be potentially to get a team, a franchise located Mm. there, a home, an actual home team, which would be, that would be mind blowing, but, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. But I say, look at the investment, look at the teams that are being sent. Right. Jacksonville has been a staple going over there, but Jacksonville is now a playoff team, a division winner with a franchise quarterback and a Super Bowl winning coach. The Jags fandom that has seen some, let's just be plain, less than great Jags teams go is now going to be seeing a contending Jags team on home soil right there in the UK. The Buffalo Bills, one of the things we always say here in the States when we see the international games, we always marvel at how you take a pan of the crowd. There are jerseys from all 32 teams represented. No matter which two teams are on the field at right. that day, you can see fans from every representing every franchise. And I think that's just a beautiful thing. But the Buffalo Bills, when they come and invade, you the Bills Mafia is a real thing. It's not a social media construct. It's not whatever. And I, I can guarantee you, as soon as that announcement was made, there were some folks in Western New York who were already saving and, and budgeting for, well, we got to get a plane. We got to get a plane over across the pond to, to go and see our Bills over there. It, it's going to be fun. And I'm sure there are members of Bills Mafia who are already citizens there that are yes. going to be they're going to be mounted up, as they say, and uh, and and ready to see their team. And then for Kansas City in in uh, Germany, you could be seeing the Super Bowl champions over there yep. in Germany, and you're seeing arguably the face of the NFL and Patrick Mahomes in a, in a uh, international game, as we saw Tom Brady this this last year. Yeah. So so the investment of the NFL it is a serious serious thing. And all I can say to the international viewers is this. Keep loving the NFL and they will love you back. And and you'll have some hopefully great competitive games. We got to see who the opponents are and whatnot, but some great magical moments like the ones we've seen in the UK in the past and the one that you experienced there in Munich here in 2022. I am buying all into the Bills Mafia. You can cover me in ketchup, mustard, throw me through a table. I'm doing the whole, I'm going to go the whole experience. They'll take you up on that. I said that. We're not recording this, are we? No, right. <laughs> um, let's uh, let's make your picks then, Scott. So this is um, uh, just before the Super Bowl. The NFL Honors will uh, announce the NFL MVP. Uh, we'll do Offensive and Defensive Player of the Year and Coach of the Year. Uh, so the finalists are Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Justin Jefferson. Um, is it is it a clear is it a clear choice for you, MVP? Okay, now you're asking me for Offensive Player of the Year, not for League MVP. Oh, no, I was going to league MVP first. Or oh, league MVP do... first. Yeah. Okay. Because I was going to say, usually that way that works is... Yeah, the other one gets league it. MVP, and I'm going to go league MVP Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I think he and Jalen Hurts were neck and neck, but the 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 games that, that Hurts missed in December, that I, I can't really say damaged, but it, it put in Mahomes making magical plays to, to get his team to the number one seed. I would vote Mahomes, mm-hmm. but then when you do that with an MVP, then you usually name someone else as offensive player of the year. And I think you could go then 
I mean, you could make a case for Jalen Hurts, for Josh Allen, for Justin Jefferson. I think because I went quarterback and I think Mahomes separated himself from Josh Allen and, and Hurts in the MVP race, I I'd pro- I think I'd go Justin Jefferson. He, yeah. he does things. He had numbers and wow moments that are, are unlike a lot that we have seen in – I mean, Cooper Cup was the Offensive Player of the Year two seasons ago – and his was mostly on pure raw numbers and the right. dominance that he, that he performed. Justin Jefferson adds that layer. And I'm not saying Cooper Cup is an athletic, but Justin Jefferson adds a different layer of athleticism onto that. And he was also the author of maybe the greatest play in the NFL season, the one-handed fourth down miracle catch against the Buffalo Bills. So I think for Offensive Player of the Year, I'll go Justin Jefferson. For MVP, I'll go Mahomes. Okay, so Defensive Player of the Year. And the NFL's already trimmed this down. So the three finalists, of course, Nick Bosa, Chris Jones of the Chiefs, and Micah Parsons. Hassan (laughs) Reddick is furious. Uh, (laughs) He's since passed Nick Bosa uh, in sacks, if you include the playoffs. Uh, Where are you going for Defensive Player of the Year? Yeah, it's it's important to remind people that when the voters vote on these, it is a regular season award. So, like, yeah, Hassan Reddick is has just continued to go and he could have a monstrous Super Bowl as well. But uh, but but those postseason sacks don't count for the voting. So I, I it, this is tough. I think I think it's between Parsons and Bosa. When you go with raw numbers, Nick Bosa's sack pass rushing numbers were unbelievable. So give me Nick Bosa. Give me Nick Bosa. The Niners exit in the playoffs was so frustrating for Niners fans because it's just a great what if, you know, the the quarterback disasters that they had throughout the year and then they always found another answer at quarterback yeah and then they just ran out of answers at the end but that that doesn't affect the 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 voting for NFL honors but give me Nick Bosa as just a dominant dominant force and and Parsons is going to win this award he might even win it this year he will win some in the future because he's just amazing he is special indeed. Uh, let's finish with, here with uh, Coach of the Year. So the candidates that made it to the finalists for NFL Honors, uh, Brian Dabo of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, sorry, Brian Dabo, formerly Giants. with the Buffalo Bills, now with the New York Giants. Sean McDermott. Yes, yes, I've worked. I saved myself. <laughs> Give, me no, no, yeah. Give me enough time and I'll save myself. Uh, Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Doug Peterson from the Jags. Kyle Shanahan uh, from the 49ers. Nick Sirianni. Uh, from the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, I was going to say, because I was just going to give my little opinion, because McDermott had a great roster and they didn't go as far as they might have expected. So I was surprised he was on the list. But then I think about the human interest angle and how he had to look after his team as well. So if you said it's any one of those, I would not have a problem with them. They're all great candidates. A hundred percent. You could make an argument for each and every one of those guys. Um, and this is one where, in particular, because one of the finalists is is playing for the biggest prize coming up on Super Bowl Sunday, I'd like the voting to be after the fact. Because if, yes. if the Eagles win the Super Bowl, it's Nick Sirianni, and there is no question about it. And you know what? I think I would still – I think I would still go Sirianni. Mm-hmm. When, when you realize that the, the Eagles are in their second Super Bowl in a short period of time, but it's a new coach and a new or a different – coach and a different quarterback and a, a quite a bit of turnover in the roster yeah. and the fact that that Sirianni has built this thing and had a vision and and he had some moments he had some some news conference moments early on didn't he yeah early on 
And the Philadelphia media, the local media in Philadelphia is some of the more pointed media in that, that we have in the NFL. It wasn't easy. It's not easy to, it's not easy to win in the NFL, but it's not easy to win and, and keep, keep everyone galvanized in the city of Philadelphia, which demands excellence. And he's done that. He pushed his chips in on Jalen Hurts. He saw they, they were a playoff team last year, keep in mind. Right. So it wasn't like mm-hmm. he came out of nowhere, but there were still questions about can Jalen Hurts be a, a franchise and even Super Bowl quarterback? Well, it's yes and yes. And and the way they've done it with their offensive and defensive lines, and then adding explosive pieces like like AJ Brown. I, I think I'll go Nick Sirianni. And and again, you could yep. make an argument. For each and every one of those guys, mm. Dayball's job was was incredible. You know, uh, heck, you could even go what off the board because I don't think Peterson, Doug Peterson, is a is a finalist. Doug Peterson He's came in, took over a roster that they picked number one in the draft last year. Yeah, that's and I mean, won yeah. the division championship. It wasn't a great division necessarily, sure. but they won the division championship, and he turned this whole thing around. That was coaching. So, yeah. so there's a lot of great candidates, but give me Nick Sirianni, and and absolutely if he wins the Super Bowl on Sunday. All right, perfect. Let's talk about the Super Bowl then. Uh, Super Bowl 57. First of all, Scott, I can't wait because uh, the last one I was at was in Miami before the world shut down. And then Sky Sports haven't sent us out for the last two because of travel restrictions, things. Like that. So just to be back at the Super Bowl, which is Tell me absolute... you're coming back. Yes, you're, we're you're back. Com- Beautiful. There. Beautiful. I'm going to be in the stadium. I've got Ryan Fitzpatrick as one of our guests in the studio, which is going awesome. to be fantastic. Uh, another yeah. NFL UK live alumni. So I, I reach out to all my contacts. Um, nice. So it's going to be great. And it's going to be just fantastic to be around everyone again. And it's a real privilege to cover it. And here we are with two teams. They're both 16 and three. They're both the number one seeds. And they both scored exactly 546 points, which is how do you go all season? 19 games and end up exactly the same. So, well, separate these two. How do we? How's it going to go? Okay, if you if I could give you the 20-minute answer, but if I had to give you the 60-second answer, I would say this. I still think Mahomes' ankle is, is an issue and is going to be an issue. Remember, I think the only – I could be wrong, but in the AFC championship game, his game winning scramble was the only time I remember him going scrambling and going beyond the line of scrimmage. He got sacked a couple of times, but like, but like literally he hit the turbo button when it was time to win the game. One time, time. but, but we, on a normal, healthy ankle, Patrick Mahomes, we see him do that three, four times a game. And that means the threat of that is even more dangerous to the defense because he sucks up the defense when he stabs forward with his legs and then goes over the top of your head. That element of the game, I think, has changed a little bit. Combine that with the pass rush of Philadelphia, which can hit you. They've got an elite guy this season in Hassan Reddick, but they can hit you with four, five, six different pass rushers. The stat that I saw that was like, okay, I think this could be the determining factor. Kansas City had the number one passing attack, passing offense in the NFL. Philadelphia, the number one pass defense in the NFL. In the Super Bowl, that's only happened twice. This will be the third time in 56 years of playing the Super Bowl. The two previous times it happened, the pass defense not only won the Super Bowl, stomped the pass offense. One of those was Seattle 
the Seahawks and the Legion of Boom versus oh Peyton Manning and his record-setting Denver Broncos. It was over on the first snap. And it was a boat race. It wasn't even close. <laughs> and so I'm not saying that'll be the case, hmm. but I think pass defense versus the pass offense, and this is strength on strength, the pass defense and historically speaking. So I think Philadelphia has an edge in this one. Scott, just to finish up, I don't know if you feel this way. When you get to the Super Bowl and you're watching the game, does it feel like a kind of celebration of the whole season? Do you kind of take a moment to appreciate the whole thing? Because it is a long season. People always say to me, oh, it's gone by in the flash of an eye. I'm like, you should be in the studio sometimes still four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, and Super Bowl Sunday is, I can speak for myself and my colleagues at NFL Media, it's our longest day of the year at the end of the longest week of the year, because, and no one's going to cry tears for us, but yeah. there are professional requirements and social requirements. And, you know, in terms of all the festivities and events and everything, we get dragged a million different ways in the Super Bowl city for a whole week. Mm. So it's the longest day of the year at the long, at the end of the longest week of the year, at the end of, of a, what is a really long season. So there is a lot of emotion that goes in with the energy that we feel from the crowd and from the country and the world mm. as we watch this magnificent culmination of our of our favorite sport. So yeah, it's a, it's a different type of feeling. It's not just a oh I'm I'm you know I'm sad it's over. I wish we had 50 more games to play. It's like wow, it's an exhale and you hope for a great game. We were yeah. blessed last year to get a get a, a a Super Bowl that was decided in the late fourth quarter. Sign me up for that. Again, yep. this year, I would even, you know, go for a high scoring game. As you indicated, these two offenses are capable of scoring. Uh, I, I hope it's a, I hope it's a great game. But, yeah, there is a bit of an exhale at the end to say, wow, that season is put to bed. And then the emotions kind of flow after that. All right. And this uh, episode of the Decipher Handoff podcast is put to bed. If you want to tune in uh, for the next one, please do. And also follow Decipher Sport uh, on social media, there are so many of them. I'm going to have to check my list. Uh, you can go to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. I don't do TikTok, but there you go for your daily NFL content. Uh, everyone, please uh, enjoy the Super Bowl. It's been a fantastic season. Uh, we live on Sky Sports NFL and ITV here in the UK. Scott, it's always a pleasure and a privilege, and I look forward to seeing you in Arizona. My friend, let's make it let's make it happen. Uh, enjoy the Super Bowl and thanks for having me. And everybody out there, we'll see you again in September and we'll start it all over again. Oh wait, September for what? What do we get on Sunday nights? Oh, oh, you want it, don't you? You I want do, it? you know I do. It, it may or may not just be seven hours of commercial free football. Bye, everyone. <laughs>